0: Okay, we've got a two-parter starting this week. Episode forty-six. We'll begin part one. You know what part two will be? Episode forty-seven. Thanks for listening. I know the uh, the podcast we want it to be every Friday. It's been a little inconsistent. I've uh, been busy working with the Pawtucket Red Sox. If you've uh, not been following the alternate site in McCoy Stadium, and I came up with this term, Sim City, and. I, I called it SimCity one day. I don't even know how it came up, and it's kind of caught on, and that's what we're calling it. We're broadcasting these games from McCoy. They're playing uh, simulated games, but basically there's not enough position players to play a game, so the same group of guys sometimes will hit in the top of the inning and the bottom of the inning, but there's a lot of pitchers. It's a lot of fun. It's a good way to see some prospects like Brian Amata, Tristan Casas, Jay Groom, and it's fun to be back on the air. We do these games on Facebook Live. We do it on Twitter. I don't know why they call it Periscope. I know it's a separate company, but it should be called Twitter Live or Tweet Live or Periscope. It's just an awful name. I don't know. Change the company name. Periscope. Awful. So what are we going to do this week? Well, I mentioned prospects. Chris Hatfield is part of Sox Prospects. Chris has been with this site since 2005. They began this site in 2003. That was really the time when Theo Epstein was here and started building this organization. And Sox Prospects, what a time. Mike Andrews, he's the leader of this. He got involved with this, and it's blown up. Uh, Chris and I could have talked for two hours, and uh, we had a great conversation. I really enjoyed this. This is part one with Chris Hatfield. All right, Chris, uh, a pleasure to have you on here uh, from Sox Prospects, executive editor and You know, the first thing I was thinking of before I talked to you today, when I started in Portland in 2005, you guys had the site. So without cheating, how long has this been?
1: Oh, I know I very recently, uh, (laughs) per my LinkedIn was what reminded me of this, actually, uh, recently had my 15-year anniversary with the site Um, in, you know, any number of various kinds of permutations of my role um I want to say the site started around about like 2003 or 4 Mike Andrews started it and then for those listening who remember it's not the former Red Sox second baseman Mike Andrews is <laughs> a different guy but um that actually used to be like on the website in its early stages too like no I am not that Mike Andrews um but, yeah, it's been around for a while and, and, you know, we weren't always kind of what we are now. It, it's been an evolution and it's been a really fun ride to go from, you know, having to buy our own tickets in the games and, you know, having to convince people we were legitimate to, like, you know, we had a write-up in the Athletic this year, yeah. you know? Yeah. It, it's, been, it's, it's been pretty cool. And, and that's really what makes it fun. It's like, you know, you do something that people enjoy and respond too and that's what makes it worthwhile you know
0: so it's been a really fun ride yeah so I think the genius behind it is the layout uh, you haven't really changed the layout which is <laughs> to me uh, you know for someone that's used it for so many years and for so many other people that used it I could blindly go on there and know where the projected rosters are the team rosters I've used the Projected rosters. When I've worked on a program for uh, for the Sea mm-hmm. Dogs to know what players yep. might be there, the fact that that stuff is available, I think you know this might not even be something you realize. It's huge because you know where the draft history and all that, all that th- stuff that people like. You know, I think if you change that all arounds, you know, for me, I'd be you know we don't like change in New England, but that I think has been <laughs> such a great part of the site is that you know where everything is. Simple.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, we don't have a lot of bells and whistles. Um, it's, it's more or less the way Mike designed it. I mean, I think we had one relatively significant redesign at least a dec- more than a decade ago. Um, and, you know, we've had people who've said, you know, oh, you, know, you should update your look. And I mean, part of it is just the realities of, none of us do this full time, right? Um, Mike's a lawyer, I'm a lawyer. Um, you know, our director, Scotty Ian Cundell, he's got his own day job. Um, you know, there's certain realities to doing a whole refresh of the site that takes a lot of time, right? Yeah. And like you said, for every refresh you do, there's going to be as many people who hate it as who like it, right? And I've been guilty of that when like a Baseball America refreshes its website or, or any other website. I'm just kind of like, oh, this is horrible. Like, why did they change this? It's so much harder to find things. Like you said, I mean, it makes me really happy to, to hear you say that, that the layout is, is good and that you can find everything. I mean, I sometimes I do feel like I've got to tell people like, hey, you know, we do have this page that answers this question you have, you know, when folks are on Twitter and, and hopefully, you know, they see it as, as me trying to be helpful so they can find it later not just being a, a jerk about it. But yeah, it, it's, you know, we, we have updated it the same way for as far back as I can remember. we you know, it, it, it's it's keeping it simple definitely has its benefits. And, and you know, like I said, if we could be a resource for fans, broadcasters like you, be writers, national writers, and and super uh, you know scouts, I know use use the site. Um, you know, that's that's what we're there to do. Is if, if we're able to do our job, then let's do it the most simple way possible. You know, maybe with my, my kind of
0: journalism training, yeah. kind of coming into play there. Yeah, no, I think it's really evolved to that. Uh, you know, more people will reference your rankings with prospects. So, I mean, overall, just to the person who has no idea, socksprospects.com it's easy to get to. It It's really just it covers exactly what the name is. But you guys kind of were a little bit before your time because now we are seeing more a different media succeeding. And, and it should. I mean, I, why not? I mean, the more the merrier. That's the way I've always looked at it.
1: And we've been, you know, we've been happy over the years. I know Mike has said, you know, people have reached out to say, hey, I want to start, you know, say Pirates Prospects. I know that's a website. I don't know if that's one of the sites we, we, we talked to. But, you know, through the years, people have reached out and been like, hey, you know, we wanna st- I want to start the same thing with, with my team. And we said, good, more power to you. And, like, hey, you know, let us know what we can do to give you some advice. Um, and then, you know, the, the national write-up scene on that has exploded, too. You know, back in the day, it was, basically just Baseball America, um, you know, and then Baseball Perspective got in on it a little bit. Now you've got, you know, Keith Laws at The Athletic, Kylie McDaniels at ESPN, uh, Eric Longenhagen at Fangrass and Baseball America is still doing their thing. MLB.com has their own prospect website. It, it's, You know, there's, people want to know more than just the, I was going to say 25-man roster. I don't know if I should say 26 or 30 or 28 however many people are on the roster at this point but you know the appetite is there for to hear more about these guys and know who they are when they come up and that's that's really the fun sort of prospect following I think is you you know you remember when a guy was drafted you saw him in Lowell you saw him in Portland you saw him in Patu- or, you know, Patucket or you know soon to be Worcester um, and, and then when they're on the national stage you can remember back when you knew them before nobody else did so you know, I get why it's really picked up.
0: It's, it's, it's the fun thing to follow. Yeah, I agree. It, it's timing, too. I mean, it wasn't like that back when I grew up. We didn't love the minor leagues, even though there's a lot of history that's rich in it. And, you know, I am cheating now, and I see that it was born in 2003. That was kind of right when, well, things really changed. I started in Portland in 05. You started in 05. That was the team in, in, in Portland with... Pedroia, Papelbon, that was like the first prospect team that they had as a Red Sox affiliate. And I think Theo really drove prospects to be cool, so to speak, in Boston. Don't you agree with that? Because before that, you know, it really wasn't a thing.
1: For sure. I mean, I can remember when the Lowell Spinners, because you know we were talking a little bit beforehand, the Lowell Spinners were the, are the closest minor league team to where I grew up in southern New Hampshire. Uh, Mike and I are actually both from the same town, coincidentally, which is part of how I got hooked up with the website. But, um, you know, I can remember having a little spinners, like, you know, the uncut card poster you yeah. give out every year. So I had a, a little spinners one on my wall, and it just kind of was there, you know, it kind of blends into the background. And then when I had been with the site for a little while, I looked at it, I was like, oh, wait, I should see if any of these guys turned into anything. And, like, none of them, I think maybe two of them reached Portland. Like, or, or maybe it might have even been Trenton at that point, frankly. I think it might have even been pre-Portland. Um, but it was just kind of like, yeah, okay, what's the fun in that, right? Like, okay, yeah, it's neat. You went to a game. You got an ice cream. It was fun. You know, you got a hat, maybe. Um, but, you know, that, and that, that in and of itself is great, you know, a night out at the park. But it was, you know, Theo with the, what was it, the $100 million player development machine, that he wanted to build, and that really was what got it started. You know, he inherited, we've been doing a series over the past maybe month and a half, our draft retrospective series, just to try and get some content up, right? Because it's like, well, we're here, we've got these writers, let's write about something. And so we've been looking back at every draft during what we've been calling the Sox Prospects era in a very, you know, unnecessarily grandiose, self-serving way. But starting with that first, you know, Theo Epstein draft, And he inherited, you know, John Lester, and I think Hanley may have been in the system already. But other than that, you know, these guys that came up, you know, if you look at our banner on the website at the top, it's got a bunch of guys who came up. You know, it's got all these guys who graduated. And there are some of the older guys like, you know, Boggs, Clemens, Rice, you know, Fisk, et cetera. But most of the guys that are up there are 2003 acquisitions onward. Yeah. Um, and there's a bunch of them, and that's what's, that's what's really the the John Henry ownership era Red Sox. A lot of these guys have been homegrown in a way that it's not like the one Clemens guy and maybe a couple of other guys who made it, or you know, you know, like Clemens and Burks were the same year. One, well, I think Burks was the January, January supplemental draft, you know, and they develop a couple guys there and a bunch of guys who they sign. You know, it's fun when it's, it's guys who come up through the system, like you know, 2018. There's a reason Alex Spears' book is homegrown and not, uh, you know, bought on the market. You know, it's it's yeah. You know, it's it's fun to follow these guys and they can, they come up and this team has really made it fun to do that. Um, you know, would we have succeeded the way we have with a different franchise? I don't think we would have. You know, as much as they, you know, okay, yeah, there's been problems developing pitching talent, no question, but like almost the entire lineup in 2018 was from the system. You know, it's funny when you get to follow Jackie Bradley, Mookie Betts, Xander Bogarts, Christian Vasquez, you know, Andrew Benintendi coming up through the system, you know, knowing that there's a good chance these guys are going to go play in the majors as opposed to a team that just hasn't had success developing guys. And, and you know, we kind of take it for granted. Uh, I was, you know, talking with a player who left the system and came back and, they didn't have a good experience in their time that they weren't with the system anymore. You know, it was not a good They were just surprised by how far behind the other team was compared to the Red Sox and their, you know, player development methods and the way they treated personnel. Uh, so that's really what's been, it made it fun to be a Red Sox fan to me. Um, you know, in the past however many years, yeah, you've got, you know, before that there was Nomar, um, you know, and then you've got to go sign guys like Manny who are entertaining too, but the, the, Volume and the wealth of talent uh, really is what made is
0: made following the system so fun. I think. I completely agree. I know I would annoy people and say, "No, trust me this this uh, this Lester guy, this this Pedroia guy." But mm-hmm. you're I I like the one of the little buzzwords or, or phrases you said about was about the pitching. But uh, let's flip that. The the amount of position players though that they have developed, some who are not here anymore, like Anthony Rizzo, but. You mentioned those names, and, and Mookie, of course. It was – I know in Portland I'd be saying, are you kidding me? We got another guy who is 20, 21, and all and the scouts and, and you guys, and we're just saying, I mean, this is a no-brainer here. We get to see them early, and, uh, you know, I, I just – I remember just being blown away. There's a couple of guys that really uh, – you know, Mookie, of course, is at the top, but even – Sander Bogarts, what he did at his age, and then and then Ben Intendi, barely playing in in the, well, he didn't play AAA, and then of course Devers. I mean, it's it's an it's unreal the position players though.
1: Yeah, and I mean you know to me, I mean it, you know you've kind of you've kind of had the the catbird seat for a while there in Portland. Although it's, it's you know I'm thrilled that you, you've gotten to move up to to the AAA. You know I, I would say Pawtucket, but you know Pawtucket's yeah. by Worcester yeah. at this point, but. Um, you know, you had the seat there where you had some great teams. I mean, the, the, that, you know, Lester Papelbon, Pedroia Hanley, Brandon Moss on that team, too. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, that was kind of the gold standard for a while in this system. Um, to me, there are really two great teams, when I think back on that, that stand out to me. It's that Portland team that I think, uh, like you know, even guys that played briefly in the majors, like I think a George Kataris, yeah, um, might have yeah. been on that team. Um, Annabelle Sanchez, I think, was on that team. He was, yeah, We're still pitching. Yeah, um, you know, it, that that team was loaded with talent.
0: You know, it, it's that team, and it's the 2015 Green Drive. Unreal. That which, yeah, somebody showed me that, and I, I could not believe that that team. It, it's it's
1: sixteen MLB players on that team, which for a low A team is nuts. That for a double A team, that would have been great. Yeah, but. You know, and, and, you know, you've got a Nick Longy that could still make it 17, right? He's kind of knocking on the door at some point. If we ever get a normal A season or MLB season, who knows, right? Sure. Um, but you've got Moncada, Dubon, Javier Guerra making it as a reliever. Um, two third basemen and Chavis and Devers. Um, uh, who are the outfielders on that team? Ben Attendee, um, right? So- ben Attendee was there for a, a hot second, yeah. yep. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I remember that was the first year I got to go to Greenville. Actually, I, I, I met him down there for a weekend. Um, I just did the two games that he did the four game set, and I remember watching that team take BP, and it was just mind blowing. I bet you know. And then it, the funny thing was that I tell people that like Dever, or not Devers, Shavis has the loudest BP. You mm-hmm. know, it's just that at that time he wasn't able to take it and put it, in, you know, in game. Um, but you could just tell that team had something special about it. I know Kopack, I think, was on that team for a hot minute too. So yeah, so some weren't necessarily just yeah. yeah. It wasn't necessarily
0: Deeks might have been there for a minute too. Now that I think about it, he was. I um, I, I cheated here. Uh, Mike Kopeck, Ben Taylor, uh, Ben Taylor, yes,
1: yeah.
0: Harez Her- Buttry, Wilkerson. I mean Shepard. Oh, Buttry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, you know, and
1: the, you know, the, the Red Sox really, yeah, they. they they get credit where to due sometimes. I think, especially on the hitting side. But as much as people kind of complain about how the pitching, you know, piece of it, yeah, they haven't had a homegrown starter in a long time. But they've also moved a lot of those guys. You know, you don't get Chris Sale if you don't include a pack Yes. You know, you don't. Uh, you know, the, the, the fact that having a Logan Allen and a Sean Anderson and uh, you know some of the guys they traded right now would be nice <laughs> for sure. Um, but. You know, flags fly forever, too. So, you know, we've had four World Series in no small part due to the, the system. So, that's really made it fun. It's made it fun to kind of go through and, and, and watch with any number of people and be right on some things, pegging guys who make it. And, you know, sometimes you're wrong. For every, you know, Jackie Bradley or Mookie Betts or Xander Bogarts, there's going to be a, you know, a Lars Anderson, a Ryan Kalish. You know, who doesn't make it for one reason or another? You know, someone on our forum posted an interview with Garrett Ciccone the other day um, that I've been trying to listen back to. And he's talking just about how, you know, dealing with struggles he had in AAA and, and, you know, kind of why, you know, looking back on why he thinks it didn't work out for him the way I could have sworn he was going to maybe at least be a regular. Maybe, you know, if he didn't become the the stud hitter I thought he was going to be, I thought he'd at least carve out a role as a bench bat. But, you know, you never know, and that's why it's prospecting and not sure-thinging, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it's been fun. It, 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 it's, it's The Red Sox have really made this a fun system to follow. They've had, not even just with the players, you look at all the front office guys, they turned out, right? I mean, yeah. it's the whole Arizona front office at this point. Um, you know, the Cubs front office under Theo right now is a bunch of former Red Sox guys. They've got guys in different places with some Mets, um, you know, at different organizations and a couple guys in, with the Dodgers um, that Andrew Friedman brought in. Um, so you know, getting to know some of those guys, and I can remember, you know, Mike Hazen, who's who's with the uh, the Diamondbacks right now. I can remember when he was still with the Sox and, and running their, their player development system, and uh, happening to be in Pawtucket, and after you know interviewing Ron Johnson, he was there. I was like, hey, Mike, you got 15 minutes for me to interview because that was right when the Red Sox had a high A affiliate in Lancaster for a couple of years. And at the time, Bubba Bell had like 20 home runs in half a season. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, what do you guys even make of this? And he's like, we we honestly have no idea what to make of this. (laughs) We're just as confused as you are, uh, as far as how this, this park is playing. And you know, that's where we're learning that there's literally a jet stream out to right. You know, um, and so it's been fun to kind of see like, oh, okay, like they're working through some of this stuff too. You know, it's not really as much of a black box as we think it is. And then learning about some of the stuff that is inside the black box of, you know, put player in here and, you know, MLB or hopefully comes out on the other side and learning how some of that works. It's really a fascinating process and, and that's what I think intrigues a lot of people about it. You know?
0: Yeah, I mean, in the, the hardest part, I think, of it is the mental side of it. That's the problem that, Well, not a problem, but we can't see those things. Guys in every single professional guy at the lower levels was pretty darn good. We know uh, it, you know, and they're in their amateur. And then, you know, I think sometimes when they get to the double A, it can it can really humble them in a good way or a bad way. And, And we will never know. You know, I don't know with Lars Anderson. I don't know if some struggles just really killed him, or maybe he wasn't really into it. Because I, I really admire him as a person, and I thought he had all the tools, but, you know, sometimes, Chris, there's just no reason, right? A guy just might not be good enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it could be any number of reasons. You know, one of the things that I had to learn is that, yeah, you go to a game, and, and you know, look, I'm not a professional scout. I don't get to sit on a team for a week and a half, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know... It, it, you see a guy for a game or two and you don't know if you know it's the first game of the series and the bus got in at 3 a.m which as you know full well is a thing right oh, yeah. uh, you you of all people know that traveling with the team and just you know the grind that is the minor league you know it's it's a, it's, it's a grind for in any number of ways physically mentally uh, financially you know it, it's really a test that these guys get put through and Good people, good players don't make it through that grind for, any, like you said, any number of reasons. It could be, you know, I mean, you, you see fascinating stuff like, um, you know, going through this draft retrospective, a reminder of stuff like this one guy, uh, I don't think Tony, uh, Tony I, don't, I don't remember how to pronounce his name, I think it's Bajoski, Bajoski. Um, I think he retired when he was in high A. But he retired to go to law school. Yeah, I remember You know, it's just yeah. kind of, yeah. yeah. And it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, I guess they're just not these baseball automatons we throw into the machine. You know, they're people. Yes. And he was just kind of like, you know what? I'm I'm good. I tried it. You know, it was probably not going to happen for him. Maybe he would have gotten a cup of coffee. He wasn't bad by any stretch. But he was like, you yeah, know, I'm going to go to law school. I've got this backup plan. Um, You know, and you just said, you know, you have guys that grind it out for... Any number of minor league seasons. I mean, look at what Mike Yastrzemski is doing right now in in San Francisco. The number of years that I told people, like, look, I get he's Kyle Yastrzemski's grandson, but like, he's not an uber prospect. You know, I had seen him in, in the now yeah, like at, at Potomac, yeah, recently. I think you know, over at Potomac near me in DC, he was okay. You know, he was really old to the level um you know i didn't think he'd be an mvp candidate anytime. No. um so you know those stories i mean look you know daniel nava you know the dude didn't play in college like you know what i mean yeah. he, he, he got good after college um uh, not didn't play i think mean, he played but he, you know he wasn't like he wasn't draft a prospect yeah. college. Yeah. yeah he wasn't a guy that was on the radar by any stretch and then he goes and becomes a major leaguer for a few years like that's crazy um There's really, you know, there's a science to it, and there's an art to it, and then there's a part of it that's just dumb luck, I think, just in any number of ways, you know. Ryan Kalish was a guy that I was sure was going to make it, and then he, you know, got hurt, and just, that was it. You know, even in this, you know, the era of, yeah, we've got Tommy John, that doesn't mean that we can fix everything, you know? He had Um, some
0: pretty bad things go on, too, right?
1: yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it's you know it's it's tough you know it's it's, it's with the uh, y world of sports the thrill of victory the agony of defeat well that's the minor leagues for you you know that's every player you know some you have the thrill of victory the thrill of success for guys who make it and then there's just some guys who for whatever reason that maybe you didn't find out or maybe you never find out yeah um you know just just it doesn't happen for
0: them I think sometimes too we we get lulled into where they have to go through just this one progression where they have to go through all that, you know, we all do this. And then they, you know, no one can be like a a Yastrzemski where he doesn't get there until 28 or uh, it's, and it happens. But I think sometimes we don't realize we talk about football having systems and one guy that I, I remember that benefited so much from this system in, in Boston was Eduardo Rodriguez. We saw him in Bowie. Yeah. And I he didn't throw hard. He threw more breaking balls. And he comes over to to Portland, and they just let him use his fastball more. And we're like, who the hell is this guy? I mean, so <laughs> right. maybe he would have never made it. You know, I think uh-huh. he, he came over here, and he loved Bob Kipper. You know, that's, a, like, such a – Part of it we don't even know and, and I'm privileged to get to, yeah. to be part of that and then they say no, you know, listen, this is what we're okay with you doing XYZ and then I couldn't believe, you know, we had seen him I think that year against Henry Owens or the year, probably that year and I couldn't believe it was the same guy. It, it was, it's yeah. incredible. Part two will be next week. Behind the Mic is on Facebook. It's on Instagram. It's on Twitter. Like, comment, share. On iTunes, give it five stars. Give it six. Give it ten. Give it a 100 stars. Give it however you want. But love talking baseball. Love all of you. Peace and love.